Welcome to the DC Drop. I'm Tom. And I'm Zach. And it is Aquaman time. The movie is here. James Wan's film it has arrived, and we have seen it, and we are going to talk about it. I guess we can give a little bit of non-spoiler thoughts at the beginning. Overall, overall, Zach, let's dive right in. What'd you think of Aquaman from a non-spoiler perspective? From a non-spoiler perspective, this was a very, very good movie. A very beautiful movie. I, I can't wait to see this in IMAX. I, I didn't watch it in IMAX the first time. Um, which I think is is maybe actually a good thing. We can talk about how maybe some of the the beauty and the the overall scenes are just a little overwhelming, even almost. And it it's nice to pay attention to the story the first time around really closely, and then maybe the next time around pay more attention to like all the beautiful scenery that's going around. So hopefully I'll see an IMAX next time. But beyond even being beautiful, I think they did a really good job with the the story. There was a lot that they had to tackle, and I think they did a, a pretty decent job at it. We'll, we'll talk about some nitpicks, some little things that weren't as strong as the rest of the film, but overall, a really good movie. Yeah, I really had a good time with it. I really enjoyed the movie. It's a lot of fun. It's incredibly entertaining from start to finish. I There's not really a dull moment in this film. It, it, it just goes and goes and goes, and... I mean that in a good way. And yeah, like you said, there's a few things to to nitpick, a few problems. Uh, but overall, there's not really any major weaknesses in this film. And the sheer entertainment, a uh, lot of likable characters, and all of those beautiful visuals and scenery and unique uniqueness of this underwater world, I think that really delivers on that on that premise and makes it an excellent time at the movie theaters. And this this is a counter argument to anyone who wants to say TV and movies are getting closer and closer and uh, <laughs> similar. This is, this is big budget blockbuster spectacle that was made for the big screen. Yeah, definitely. This is, I mean, there you can't compare those visuals and this is, this is up there with like the best visuals I've seen in any film ever. Like James Wan really, really went to town. James Wan in the visual effects department, building up these worlds that we get to see and a whole lot of just beautiful stuff that you don't see in the trailers. They didn't spoil all of the be- the beauty in the trailers. There's lots to be seen in the movie that you haven't seen already. Yeah, it is a unique film from start to finish. I mean that in a good way for the vast majority of it and filled with filled with exciting moments. And I noticed from time to time, I just realized I was smiling during the film, yeah. like during some uh, more intense or action scenes and things like that. That was just really enjoyable. Like I said, ton of fun from start to finish, very entertaining and a lot of lot of good stuff going on. Yep. Let's let's dive into spoilers now. So you have been warned. Uh, what do you where do you want to start with this sec? Uh, yeah, you want to just, I mean, I guess we can just dive deeper into some of our, our thoughts without worrying about spoiling anything and then maybe we can go through some story beats later. Um, but like going even farther about what we were just talking about, especially the final scene, that's when I was talking before about like being maybe overwhelmed with the amount of stuff that's happening on screen, just him pulling all the creatures from the trench and controlling them all. There's just like, I don't know, 3 million different fish swimming on the, or creatures <laughs> swimming on the screen at the same time. And I honestly think if I'd seen this movie in IMAX the first time, I would have been so disoriented. I might've lost track of what was going on. And, but I want to see it now, now that I know the whole story and what's going to happen to like be able to just look at the backgrounds, especially when they're going into the different kingdoms, when they're having the big battles, I want to be able to take in all that scenery in full IMAX glory. But 
yeah, it, this, this, I can't say it enough. This movie is just so beautiful, but there is, there's a lot going on sometimes. And some people might get, might not like that. I liked it. I, I think it's really beautiful. Yeah. There are a ton of underwater creatures. I think when we got out of the movie, you said the visual effects department asked James Wan, what creatures, underwater creatures did he want to have in it? And he said, yes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's, <laughs> I mean, what, what more could you want to see in terms of all of those creatures, all of the underwater kingdoms, the different technology that Atlantis had. It is very much a space opera underwater. The, yeah. Their water ships are like spaceships and they shoot things and all of that action is very much more like a like a space film just done underwater and all that cool technology. The designs of both the creatures and the Atlantean armor and all that was great. And just... Wall to wall, there is not uh, a doll picture in the background. Like you said, the visuals, it is almost overwhelming because there's so much going on. But they stuff everything in here in a good way. I mean, really, if Lori Lamaris and the Loch Ness Monster showed up, I don't know who else. Besides those two, I don't know what other underwater creatures that have existed that weren't in this film. Yeah, and that's... I- maybe maybe you could see that as a negative to this film is that when they do a sequel for this film what what else is there to show that we haven't seen already because they really they go for it all yeah that's something i'd like to say about the film i don't take this the wrong way i almost don't need a sequel trust me i want to i want to see more especially with some characters and some story but this does pretty much anything you could want in an aquaman film yeah there's there's things to there's problems with things, but this does pretty much anything you could want in an Aquaman film. It delivers on that shows that and develops it in this one film that I almost, I almost am overwhelmed with how awesome the Aquaman stuff was, how well that was delivered. Yeah. And that would have to be it. The, the sequel would just be, you know, like obviously black Manta, he's coming Mm -hmm. back and we're going to see that. And it's, it's probably going to be a smaller story. Um, but it was so cool that as an origin film, they didn't spend the first two acts of the film not really being in the world of Aquaman, not really seeing cool stuff. Like a lot of superhero origin films, the first part of the movie, they're, it's really just a normal movie. You don't really get to see anything too spectacular. This is, he's an established Aquaman already. People know who Aquaman is, kind of, he's a legend, but he's also not really Aquaman yet. And we still get to see that growth of character and and see him evolve from something pretty cool right at the beginning you know that that submarine fight that's that's a pretty cool superhero already to something even more amazing you know controlling all of these sea creatures being in this huge epic battle so it it was they did a really good job of balancing the fact that it's an origin film but he's also somewhat established already absolutely that was really well done because this isn't a full origin film you don't need to see anything else see you don't need to have seen justice league to get all that but you also start with him having a little bit of experience. We know he's he's fought parademons in that before, so I think that all fits in fits in really well. And like you said about sequel, there's definitely seeds planted where you could see, yeah, they they might pick up on that down the line if, if there's an Aquaman too. But nowhere did I think this is. Was there anything in here just for the sequel, right? Except maybe the the mid credit scene, which we'll get to. But that's kind of the point of mid credit scene is to tease the future yeah that and the you know let's talk at the end when he's talking to ocean mm-hmm. master that's a little bit of, of setup but other than that really this is like you said this is a self-contained movie if 
if for some reason there never is a sequel to this film, I'm not going to be super disappointed, which again, is weird to say, but this is, it's such a good movie that it stands on its own. I think, I think it would be fine just by itself. Yeah, absolutely. And by being okay with not a sequel, that doesn't mean we don't want to see this. I'd love to see James Wan return and do more of this and, and really enjoy it. But yeah, the scope and scale was truly epic. I like how they balance the story with not quite a full-on attack on the surface world, but there's still, you've still got, what, 75% of the earth being water. So there's a whole lot of play with and show the the scales, show the different kingdoms. It, it felt very large scale for a origin film, essentially. Yeah, and it's it's like half-jokingly, I, I think I said after we watched this, like, it's kind of hard to live up to this with any other movie. Like, how are you going to have a scale like this? Especially that, I'm just going to keep coming back to it, that final, that battle that's going on between the Brine Kingdom and Ocean Master leading his, like, combined armies against them. That is one of the most impressive and also busy um, battle scenes I've ever seen on film. And I don't know how you top that scale in another movie again. But obviously, there's people who are more creative than me that can figure out how to do that. <laughs> Absolutely. So what did you think of the story overall? The story overall, I, I I think they did a really good job of balancing. There's so much that needs to, that they set up to have happen in this. There's, there's two villains that get set up. And I think they did, for the most part, I think they did a better job setting up Ocean Master than they did setting up Black Manta. Just because, uh, you know, the, the setup with his dad was a little clunky and a little rushed, um, but still worked. And there are so many moments in this film that were that, like, just writing the line of maybe too corny or maybe too rushed or maybe just a little bit out of out of out of tone of the film but they re- they wrote that line so well that it never took me out of the film completely um and overwhelmingly the the movie was just the story was really good and progressed in a really good way and then um I liked how they they paced it um I thought the the quest to find the trident was going to be over you know, just in the Sahara, I thought it was going to be pretty short and done. And then it ended up being a whole lot more than that. And I've heard some people complain that they were stretching those side stories out too much, but I enjoyed that, that they fleshed that out and we got more, got to spend more time on the quest. So I, again, I think they had to do so much in this film and I think they did a really good job with the amount of time that they had to do it. Yeah. There were a couple clunky parts with getting black mana set up really quick. Uh, Atlanta's return, was was handled very quickly mm-hmm. uh, which is understandable at the time in the in the film but you could have maybe done something to show a passage of time that you talked to Arthur for a little bit but I guess I didn't have time for that um but overall it's I don't I wouldn't say it's a surprising story or you know there weren't a ton of surprises nothing really surprised me and part of that is knowing a little bit of history of this characters and the source material but I don't care if I'm not surprised if it's executed well and it was executed well so it's a, it's a really solid story and I thought we were going to get into a bit of an exposition dump at times early. I was I was a little worried about that, but it was I thought that was really handled well where a lot of times they did show and not tell. And what they did tell was things that they had to tell. I thought they they balanced that well. Here's all the different kingdoms. They just kind of show things in the background that Mira is betrothed to Orm and her and her and Volko are working with Orm. They don't need to spell all that out to us. We see what's going on there. And so I think they, they balance that well. Yeah. And that, that's a really good point about this story not being surprising. There isn't, there's no big, huge twists. Uh, even the things that are kind of twists, they're things that you know are going to happen. You know 
that you don't get to see Atlanta die. So you, you know, she's going to be alive. She's going to come back. Um, and even the things that I thought for a little bit, like where, where, um, where Orm had the, the submarine paid the submarine to attack, to try to provoke war. And then Dolph Lundgren's character, King Nereus, he like bought into it. And I was like, man, that's too easy. He's too gullible. And then they address that later and say, no, he knew, he knew that that was set up. He wanted war too. And I, I loved that, that they kind of, they weren't playing into like the cheap, not really surprising, not good character. Like the characters had good motivations and pretty much made sense. And like, you know, it, like a good villain, I kind of understand where ocean master is coming with coming from. Like the, the surface dollars have not been treating the ocean well. And it was cool to see him like, spit some of the pollution back at the that was like how he was retaliating so um yeah i think they did a pretty good job setting up all the characters and um having believable motivations yeah a lot of really likable characters and no one that standed out as a waste that was just a plot device or anything like that you could like you said nereus could have been but you see he he understands about wanting war with the surface but also he's loyal to his daughter and doesn't want anything bad to happen to her so i thought you know, I can't really think of a weak character off the top of my head that was just there to serve the plot. Mm-hmm. I think the one I was worried about the most was Volko because just because it's, a, it's such a jam-packed movie, I thought he was not going to get much time as the the person that teaches Arthur everything, but is also like trying to to help him while being with Orm. And I think they handled his character really well, and I'm I'm excited to see him going forward. And it it helps to have just a fantastic actor playing him, um, but. Yeah, like you said, there wasn't really a weak character in this. I thought the humor was pretty good. I thought there was lots of funny stuff throughout. I don't know if there was a ton of laugh out loud moments. Yeah. Uh, like belly roll laughter or whatever, but there was a lot of funny stuff, funny situations mixed in throughout. And for the most part, it worked well. Uh, there was a couple didn't work as well. Arthur smelling his armpit underwater. Yeah. I, that one didn't work for me, um, but... For the most part, yeah, I thought it was it was good. Yeah, like you said, no, no huge fits of laughter coming over me, but a lot of times, just sitting there smiling, like just enjoying myself immensely, and just being in like enthused about this movie. Just one because it's really cool, but then also because there's a lot of lighthearted, kind of goofy moments in it. They didn't really shy away from the goofiness. Um, with, but they also did it without ruining the serious tone when it needed to be serious. So I think they, they did a pretty good balance with that, even if, like you said, some of the jokes didn't land. The other one that stands out that I think we talked about was when the, the guy at the bar comes up and wants to take a picture. That part is like funny, but then did you have to go the extra step and make his like his phone case all bedazzled and everything? Like, Right. Yeah. Yeah, but, that's a yeah, great scene. Mo- most part, a really everything funny worked. scene. Yeah, it's a really funny scene without that. Yeah, that, that was that was a step too far, but uh, a really good scene besides that. And I mean, you got to give it credit to Juan for making a ton of crowd-pleasing moments. Uh, usually in superhero movies and movies in general, the third act is my least favorite and usually stands out as a weakness. Um, and I think things get dull. This, this third act does not get dull at all. And I wasn't, at no time was I checking the my watch or anything like that. There was moment after moment in the third act that is just crowd-pleasing. It ties things together from earlier. Uh, Volko calling back to make sure he has a view. All those little things, all those were mixed in really well to, it was just moment and moment, moment after moment of crowd-pleasing, I'd say. 
yeah, this was right from the moment when they, they get to the trench to the end of the film. I was quite literally like on the edge of my seat. Like it, it didn't really let down ever. It didn't slow down. And there, like you said, so many, so many beautiful things to see and so many crowd pleasing moments. Um, even if there was some like little clunky things like them kissing in the middle of a giant battle while people are getting blown up in the background, but it looks cool. And it's a movie like <laughs> you're just going to have to suspend your disbelief for a little bit and just like bask in how awesome that shot looks. Yeah, there's definitely you can tell the inspiration from 80s adventure movies and yeah. things like that. There's this weird 360 camera. And I don't know if I think it's a great scene or a little bit off that 360 rotation where they're kissing and then there's all these explosions in the background. It's um, I liked it. But yeah, it's a little weird. And there's a few different moments throughout that are definitely the goofier adventure type throwback stuff but it's done well enough that i enjoyed it let's i guess while we're on the topic of, of negative things any we've been pretty positive any other things that jumped out to you in a negative way yeah I, i'll just i'll call it back again the black manta's story a couple of his setup things i think were the the weakest parts of the film and maybe what actually worried me just a little bit at the beginning of the film because it was so early on just his whole his dad dying and giving him the knife and all that stuff it had to be rushed a little bit and so it didn't have that big of an impact and it it also kind of shed a bad light on arthur but then they kind of redeemed it because later on we see arthur take responsibility for that so i really like that but then also if they had just spaced out when black manta got his stuff his suit and weapons and everything and then seeing him later, like maybe tinkering with and everything, if they hadn't put it all together and if they hadn't done a montage with literally a song with the words like, I have all the time in the world. No, you don't because like you need to go catch this guy. That <laughs> that was maybe like the clunkiest and I'm like, oh my gosh, okay. That was the the weakest part for me. But then it, it was it was just really cool because his suit is amazing and he looks really, really cool in action. So I, I forgave those those little things. Absolutely. Manta is awesome, but they've, they're tracking them right now. And yeah. <laughs> we know, we're, we know from the trailers, there's an action scene coming with Manta and them. And then he's just like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to fix my costume now. But yeah, yeah. Abdul Mateen was fantastic in this role with what he was asked to do. I wish they had given him that Atlantean tech. Maybe when he first talked to Orm mm -hmm. and he asked for the gold and maybe he threw back the gold and got the Atlanta and asked for some, some tech to get Aquaman instead. Maybe that could have made it a lot easier. So he had some time to work on it. And like you said, with his dad, I'm going to pass the torch right now. I hope I don't die horribly in a few minutes. Right. Uh, that was, that was pretty questionable setup. Um, but everything else with Manta, I loved seeing him in action. His costume was fantastic. Uh, other minor nitpicks. There's just, like I said, this is a unique film and 90 plus percent of the time it works, but there were just some strange uses of sometimes music, which I mostly liked. Like I said, I liked the most of it, but it was just unique and it kind of was just different in camera usage. There like a lot of zooming in on faces. Um, they kind of like were almost distracting at times. And there's, there's that 360 shot with the flashback of, Arthur and Mira and Arthur and Volko as younger. And I think I got dizzy during that scene. I don't know if that, that makes any sense, but I felt like I did. And so there was some weird camera usage, but for the most part, I did like it. And I like that it was unique and it felt like a unique take, a unique 
vision for how to film this and it seems like James Wan was having a ton of fun but like I, the vast majority of that the camera usage and music I liked there's just a couple that stuck out but in a positive way the the camera usage during the fight in Sicily and mm. all of that that was all great yeah the you know that's the risk you run like obviously there's there's a big reward um that's that's one of the things that makes the movie keep moving this is this is a pretty long movie this is almost two and a half hours long um but it never felt like it was dragging and a lot i think to me a lot of that had to do with the fact that the camera is almost always moving and the transitions for most of the time are really clever moving panning out like dissolving because you you passed something in front of the camera or like that rotation and obviously if you're moving the camera that much it's going to be disorienting and there's going to be times when it doesn't work as well as other times but i think it's it's more interesting and it it makes the movie more memorable than you know the kind of safe static just hard cuts between different scenes the camera over somebody's shoulder while they're talking to someone flip back and forth camera a camera b they they try to do some more creative unique stuff with it and like you said the vast majority of the time it works um, but you're going to have a couple times when it doesn't work and that's just the i think the price you got to pay for uh to get those to get that unique feeling and the the feeling of movement yeah that all gives it a really high energy mm -hmm. feel to the film and there's quite a bit of story i wouldn't say it's overstuffed at all I, I think it was really well well balanced with that and it just it just moves uh they tell you what you need to know and then they move on um so i guess we can get a little bit into the story now more things if we if we haven't missed it uh the atlanta and tom curry stuff it was brief but I mean, that was just, I just really liked that. It's so sweet. And I'm so glad they got a happy ending. That's, uh, you know, who knows how long it'll last. But one thing I don't like in superhero movies is when you always think they need to kill the parents and yep. kill the villain. And this is something they didn't. Uh, they easily could have gotten rid of Orm in Atlanta or whoever, but they're all alive at the end. And I, I think that's really cool. Yeah, we we talked before that there wasn't anything surprising in the story. I, I I think I take that back a little bit. That that was the part that was surprising. I was really expecting somebody at the end has to die, doesn't get to make it, and they all made it just like you said. And yeah, that opening sequence between Atlanta and Tom Curry, setting up their relationship, you get it so quick. You are enamored with them so quick. It the little goofy things with the dog and eating the fish, like. It, it sets the tone for the movie like this is goofy but it's a cute goofy and you're gonna like it and you're gonna like the characters because of it yeah cute is the right way to describe the relationship and i was mm -hmm. so happy to see them get back together at the end and that awesome nicole kidman atlanta action scene like don't mess with me that was oh, just yeah. <laughs> fantastic i was loved that scene very excited to see it yeah the Arthur flashbacks, you know, the aquarium and training with Volko, they were good. I like the, I think I like the younger Arthur at the aquarium more than the the beach training, but that did have some cool moments too. Just because of the the older younger Arthur, it was the "Where's my mom?" You know, the the common teenage angst stuff. Where yeah. "Where's my mom?" You know, something's bad, and I think they had to do that, but um, just wasn't as much fun. Yeah, and it, it was cool to to get that set up for. Obviously, you're going to know he's going to use that like spinning trident water bender circle thing again later on in the film. And it, it was a really nice payoff to, to see him use that in that final fight. And another way with unique, the uniqueness of James Wan stuff, the action in this, including the sub scene, was really cool. Mm -hmm. uh, just seeing here's some pirates. They have to call out the pirates so we know 
that they're pirates and then Arthur comes in. He's still doing good things, uh, saving people, even if he's not the full-on hero of Aquaman yet. Yeah, and then we get we see all the stuff of of Orm trying to to get everybody to like align with him to attack the surface, and we we've gone into that how it worked pretty well, especially with the payoff later of finding out that Dolph Lundgren's character was in on it too. Um, but then that that first strike towards the surface, basically where there's a huge tidal wave everywhere, that was one of the moments where I. You know, you watch the trailers and you think, oh, I know exactly when in the film this is going to happen. I was I was picturing this later on the film for some reason. And the fact that it comes up this early and just kind of comes out of nowhere is it worked really well for me. And it was a really cool introduction to Mira as well and her powers, just seeing her get to do all this really cool stuff and convince Arthur that he needs to work with her. Yeah, that was that was a nice scene. I like that Orm had his first strike type thing, and it was just enough to where people outside of the film they don't have to ask where's the justice league if he was full-on attacking the surface you would need the justice league to show up or whatever but in my mind superman and wonder woman are out saving saving some people from the different shores and we don't need to see that this is um not necessary but it, it can fit in your head can in there that uh, they don't do a full-on attack so you don't need to ask where are these other metahumans and heroes and all that yeah and we also get introduced to steven shen who Obviously, in the main credit scene, is going to be important in the next movie. Yes, yes, as most likely, and we get to see the people's attack. That, or we get to see that people still think Atlantis is a myth and all of that, and so that establishes that as well. And you mentioned Mirror's powers; I thought that was really cool. Throughout, uh, Amber Heard did a great job showing him off, and really cool powers. I especially liked the Italy scene where she realizes all those bottles have yeah. water in them and she just oh this will be helpful that was really cool and she's a terrific character overall i mean she i don't think arthur saves her once she saves him a couple times yep uh, she's definitely they delivered on her not being a damsel in distress and an equal to arthur definitely um and then she we see her like sneak arthur into atlantis and we get the kind of beginning of the quest and this is another part that was maybe a little surprising but i like the way that they did it i thought right then they were going to leave go on the quest and it was gonna he was gonna go get the trident and come back but it was good to see that first battle between him and orm and see him lose and know why he needs to go get the the trident of atlan so that i was really glad the way that they handled that and then <laughs> that that battle was so cool and that in that arena with all those people <laughs> Yeah, what an awesome under <laughs> setup for a gladiator match. And of course, uh, there, speaking of uh, crowd-pleasing moments for fans, Topo playing the drums. Oh my gosh. Just playing the drums. They play it just long enough. Uh, that was one of the things later when Arthur is riding the, riding the sea dragon. I think I did a little fist pump. Yeah. And the final shot of the film, actually, when he's leaping out of the water, I, I think that's from like almost a direct shot from a comic somewhere. I don't remember which one, if it was somewhere in the new 52, but it definitely reminded me of something, but either way, it's a classic Aquaman type pose. Yep. Yeah. And then they, they leave for the quest and we we've talked a, a deal about that and how I, I, again, I think they handled it really well and they gave it enough time to, to make it really feel like a quest. And James Wan was huge on the fact that he wanted this to, to feel like an Indiana Jones or romancing the stone. And, 
I, I think he delivered on that. Right. And they did just enough development of their relationship that it was believable. You can see them growing on the way. Mira, Mira comes around to the surface world pretty quick with uh, eating the flowers and, <laughs> and stuff. But that was, a, that was a cute scene. And seeing her make dolphins and everything at the at the fountain was cool yeah but while they're there in sicily that's where we get that the really really cool action sequence when black manta and then some of the atlanteans show up to to try to capture them and so many so many cool moments in there and so many creative camera uses and like just keeping the action going there was a, a pretty long action sequence but it just kept moving yeah and multiple action scenes going on simultaneously that was really cool and manta just yeah definitely a character you want to see more of somewhere i don't have almost any complaints if i did have to nitpick he it was a little hard to understand yeah the way his voice was modified i don't know if that was just our theater with maybe it had lower quality audio or if that was or if that's the case elsewhere uh so some of the stuff i couldn't quite understand the way it was modified but looks sounds really cool (laughs) and sometimes that's like one of those things uh you know we look for Lots of things in a movie, but sometimes it's cool just to be like, that's a really cool character and right. he looks awesome in action. <laughs> like take you back to your childhood and, and think it's cool. Yep. But a really cool action scene did end with some uh, toilet humor there. There was a little yeah. literal toilet humor. I forgot about that. It, it mostly worked. I could have done without the the exhale. And also, is that is that person still there? That, that's what I was is wondering. That, <laughs> are they still, still with the head in the toilet? I don't know. I was... I was like, there was a 10% chance when I saw that. I was like, there's a 10% chance that there is a special post-credit scene or something. And he's just still there. <laughs> yeah. Like, Hey guys, what's going on? Anybody there? <laughs> I could, I could definitely see that. I did like how Miro figured out. It's like the Bane weakness. You just pull out his tubes yep. and then he loses all his venom. And that's all you had to do with uh, the Atlantean warriors. Uh, but yeah, Arthur gets messed up in this fight and, you know, kind of passes out and, so he needs to heal for a bit and he not only heals physically, he also heals emotionally and as a person, I think, because he he talks about, you know, it's kind of his responsibility that Black Manta's father is dead and the reason that he transformed himself into Black Manta and is coming after Mira, is coming after them, it has hurt all these people. And I loved that they did this because that was a problem I had at the beginning of the film, like I can understand. I can understand where Black Manta is coming from because you know Arthur was not that cool. Like he he could have saved him. He had time. He just didn't do it. He said, you know, it's your fault, and that's not wrong. But it also wasn't a cool thing to do. And so I'm glad that he kind of owned up to that and took some responsibility. Yeah, that that makes that reminds me. I did really like. I really felt for Manta in the mm-hmm. beginning scene, and even though he was pirating and and all of that, but. I really like to see Arthur. This is this stretch here was where he really started to lay the seeds of being a superhero and not just a a cool rough and tumble action hero. I liked how in Italy he was saving saving people, saving kids. I think that's a, a requirement of a superhero like superhero movie. Remember, this has got a lot going on, but I want to see I want to see them save people. I want to see them try to do the right thing and and be good heroes. And going from him saving that was an awesome. Uh, tack lowers his shoulder into the church bell. Oh yeah, and then that was awesome. And uh, seeing his growth here, you know, he realizes he needs to be a better person, a better hero, and taking responsibility there. I was really glad 
that they addressed that. And I, um, yeah, I really like that scene. What'd you think of the full ocean master and Aquaman costumes when they were revealed before the final battle? They, they both look really good, especially the, the scales, like the details on the actual armor that looks like fish scales. I thought that was really cool. It, the one weird part is that ocean master's mask is CGI, like very obviously CGI at one point and like moving with his expressions. And then I think at the end of the film, especially in the battle, it's very obviously a practical mask that doesn't move because it's a real thing on his face. So that was like a little weird, but just that's a tiny, the tiniest of nitpicks, I think. Yeah. The golden mask earlier, I, I'm assuming it was CGI and it didn't quite look right. But other than that, I don't think there was any bad or egregious CGI for out throughout. And that's saying something because there was a ton of it. Yeah. Um, I think stuff either looked good, great, or amazing for the most part. Um, there was nothing really bad or even just okay. Yeah. And that's, again, that's, I want to, I want to rewatch this in IMAX and just pay closer attention to all that stuff in the background and just see how, how detailed and beautiful everything is. Yeah. So there's a full battle with the trench. <laughs> oh my I mean, gosh. It's really quick, but really cool, really creepy seeing the trench and they get a little bit of action. I would have liked some more there. It's one part where maybe I could have used more action, but, uh, and then they go and go to this portal to the hidden sea at Earth's core. And we see Nicole Kidman still around. And dinosaurs are still around, but that's, that's, yeah, it's pretty cool. The going back to that trench thing though, that I think that's one of the times when there's just so much going on, but it works for me because you're supposed to be like, feel creeped out and unsettled by this huge swarm of trench creatures trying to kill them. And it worked because there are so, so many of them and you get, you feel like you're being like everything is closing in on you and that it just worked so well. Yeah. That scene was dark and mysterious and you don't know what's going on which like you said it feeds into it you're supposed to be scared not quite sure they could come from anywhere you don't know how many are under there underwater and then you get a a little glimpse of it so i thought that was really cool what did you think of the his like i don't even know if i can really call it a battle to get the trident it's more like he reveals that he can talk to fish and then picks up the trident um it i don't know it was a little just a little bit messy but it still worked really well because it's so cool that he's getting the trident but it was another thing that maybe if they had spent a couple more minutes on it would have just been perfect it was really good but it could have been perfect if they had a couple more minutes to spend because he shows up meets his mom and then just immediately walks through the waterfall and and goes at it yeah that was one of the very few moments that was rushed and i don't even think you needed to add too much time but maybe show that there was a passage of time maybe they talk for yeah, a half an hour and then we dive back in with their conversation well we don't have that much time we need to go now something like that might have helped but uh yeah we get the quick pretty quick scene of him getting the trident and then it's basically on from then on like you said you already talked about how you love this final battle there's a huge battle so much going on so many big creatures and everything uh aquaman that's when he rides the sea dragon yep. and all of that, we get to see them use Aquaman and Mira both use their powers. And then we get the final fight between Ocean Master and Aquaman. Yeah. And again, huge swarms of sea creatures just flying with Aquaman might be too much for some people. I loved it. It was, it was really awesome. Um, and then there's a little, a little character moment in there where Mira, Mira convinces her father that Aquaman, that Ar- Arthur is the true king because he has the trident. 
And it's so nice. I, I was thinking they were going to do like just kind of a cliche, like tug on his heartstrings and have to convince him. But no, he is, he is a king. He knows the rules. He knows the legends. He knows that if this comes true, this is what has to happen. And I, I'm glad that they, it might seem rushed to some people, but I'm really glad that they did it that way. Yeah. And it also shows he has respect for his daughter. Yeah. That, um, yeah, that was, I, that's one of those situations where there's a lot of situations where I'm glad they didn't give them more time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they give us just exactly what we needed on that. And so then we get the cool final battle and, um, you know, obviously they wanted to show half water, half surface. He was on top of the water, but it was also raining. So it was yeah. in Arthur's element this time instead of the first fight. Uh, that was a pretty good way to do it. And then everybody's just kind of watching and they're like, yep, Arthur, I guess you're, you're a king now. Uh, so he has won the throne. Yeah. And it was, you know, it's big triumphant fist pumping moment. And it, it worked in me. I felt good. I felt, felt the warm tinglys. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it is a, a feel good type film, especially with the ending of, of Tom and Atlanta and all that. That was, that was good. And then we get the, the mid credit scene potentially setting up a sequel. More black mana is definitely something I want to see. Oh yeah. And it, this is like, we just, we just talked about this for what, like almost 40 minutes now. And I, I think I've been smiling this whole time. And that that's pretty indicative of my experience of this movie. I was basically just smiling the whole time, just having a nice time looking at these pretty pictures, being entertained. This is just, this is a really, really entertaining movie. I would really recommend this to people who don't even like superhero movies. I think that just like adventure movies that are kind of lighthearted, that have fun, that tell a good story i think i just think general audience members would like this and i hope that 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 people know that and then the movie does really well and makes buku bucks yeah there's, there's definitely there definitely was room for improvement here but just in terms of entertaining and a classic sci-fi fantasy adventure film there's there's not much more you could have done james wan wanted to make that film and i think he delivered All right, well, that is all we have for today. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon.